today's episode of Law and Order involves going into space where nothing fucking happens. Dick. Captain's Pod, Stardate 82362323.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief short leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she's been hiding among us since the 20th century. It's Ambassador Danae! I would hope that I'd have something really profound to say after being here for so long, but really... <laughs> you reveal yourself to, to the humans... Mm-hmm. What's the first thing that you say? Stop eating your boogers. Stop eating your boogers. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I've observed all of you, kids, adults, everything in between. Just Stop eating your boogers. The world will be better. <laughs> Amazing. No Commodore Dicer this week. He's decided that going on holiday is more important than watching an episode of Strange New Worlds with us. Um, we are hurt. We are debating whether to let him back onto the ship next week. Mm-hmm. I'll let him on. Okay, I'm debating whether to let him back onto the ship next week. Oh, you don't have a choice. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, it's one of those episodes where the crew expertly does what they want to do while the captain's not looking. It's going to oh, be like so that. Oh, so you just find ways to keep me distracted as you try and sneak him back onto the ship? Correct. You know what? That's probably going to be very easy. <laughs> like You would just put me on the holodeck. I'll be distracted for hours. I'll put you on the holodeck, change the settings, lock the door. You'll have an mm-hmm. adventure. That'll mm-hmm. be the A plot, and then in the B mm-hmm. plot in the background is when I'm sneaking the Commodore back in. It actually sounds like an episode of Lower Decks. I love it. Our life is pretty much like Lower Decks. <laughs> uh, it really is sometimes. Okay, this week we're going to be doing Strange New Worlds Season 2, Episode 2, which just came out last week. Uh, Ad Astra per... Wait, hang on. Stupid fucking Latin. Ad Astra per Aspera, which... I'm going to let you guess. What does that mean in English? It is Latin. Don't Google it. God damn it. Um, ad Aspra. <laughs> I saw I the window a- flash up in your eye, little <laughs> Google screen in your glasses. Yeah. Um, I need aspirin and antiperspirant. C- correct. Okay, I have to turn forward. Let's go. Woo! I want to know what that episode would be. If, if they needed aspirin and, and, and deodorant. That's all they needed. Yeah, I imagine they've been running a marathon or yeah. sprinting or something. Yeah, it's some kind of a workout episode. Amazing. So it's actually Through the Stars with Difficulties. So before we get into the episode, what do you think this one is going to be about? Give me oh, one. Oh, that's so vague. Come on, Through the Stars with Difficulties. That's every day on a starship. It really is. It, that like could have been the title of the show <laughs> instead of Star Trek. That's like saying breathe air, stub toe. Like <laughs> That's every day. Space, the final frontier, through the stars with difficulties. It's just everything that everything that they do is difficult in space. Mm-hmm. You know, they're practiced at it, but they're not doing anything simple. They're surviving no. in an area yeah. that they should not be surviving in. Very true. I mean, obviously, there's going to be conflict of some kind. I think the question for me is going to be, what is the what is the introduction of Pike going to look like since we missed mm. him last episode? I doubt that they're going to go into episode three without us having him there. Uh, and then, of course, we've gotten second in command that needs to be not rescued, but sort of rescued. Yeah. Una's and then this mystery prison. person. Yeah. Pike's gone off to find a mystery person to help get Una out of jail. It's getting them back together with the crew somehow. And 
my concern is that the title is saying it's so difficult. It's like, mm. oh, that's not that's not very light sounding again. So here we are, <laughs> you know, and maybe watching some more serious Star Trek. <laughs> Last week was a rough start for you. Yeah. And it didn't really sit well as time went on either. Like, I didn't really I didn't really find myself thinking back on it with excitement. Mm. So I um came back to England between this episode and last episode and i watched episode one with my dad because he's a huge huge trekkie fan and i I love watching strange new worlds of him what i'll say is that on a rewatch the parts that were good got even better the parts that were bad got even worse <laughs> so oh. what did your stuff- dad think Oh, he loved all of it. Punch. He hated that. He did well. He oh, didn't okay. hate it, but he was confused by it as well. He was like, "That went on for a little bit." My mum was so cute. She was like, "I don't like that because I don't know if anyone's going to die, and I don't want them to die." And that's just like such a difference between like how my mum watches content and how we do, because we're so cynical. We can usually predict. Like we knew Mbenga and Chapel weren't going to die. But my dad immediately picked out, well, we know that they don't die because we see them later on. So it just seemed really weird that we were throwing a ton of punches. But they loved um, the new chief engineer. Um, They thought she was absolutely hilarious. They loved the Spock stuff. Um, So yeah, looking back on it, I really enjoyed it. But it is so weird to have all of the punchy punch. That didn't get any less strange. I don't think I'm going to rewatch it. Maybe, you know... Maybe when I'm retired, you know, I'm like a 70 year old. There's less pressure. Watching him going, I remember when this came out and it was a real bitch. This was my Star Trek. It's not like the shit they have on today. (laughs) Right. Suddenly I love it because it's so, yeah. (laughs) I miss the punchy punch. We don't get that anymore. Okay. So we'll say your your generic um, uh, prediction is Pike's coming back. Something to do with rescuing Una. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to see the crew. Um, fully come back together. The difficulty part, I'm curious what that means to the showmakers. Like that's mm. that's sort of an interesting thing. We also know that there's this setup of the Gorn coming back. Um, and I don't I don't know if they're gonna show us that part of if it's gonna be a consistent struggle through every episode. No, bloody hope or if not. we're gonna be building into some big war. It seems like it's gonna be more war esque to me. This Given the tone of the first episode, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a a war season. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, I bloody hope not. But uh, give us an oddly specific prediction. Spock is going to be sitting in the captain's chair drinking tea. Mm, that's two weeks in a row we've had a tea-based prediction. Really? I yeah. must be really craving tea. Do you want a, do you want a <laughs> cup of tea right now? I guess. I don't know. That's really strange. I just see Spock sitting in the chair with his little pinky out. A, a pinky was referenced in last week's prediction as well. Maybe I th- that's I, part of it. Is that it, I hope this happens. It needs to. You know, I think when we were saying engage and he kind of like tw- tilts mm-hmm. his hand, I think that's... Much, I really feel like something is going to be happening mm-hmm. with this little gesture sort of situation. Okay. Yeah. Well, while we go and put the kettle on, we'll see you guys in 10 forward for a full debrief. Until then, two to beam to the holiday. Okay, so I think that I should pick a different one because I already did that <laughs> one. So I'm going to say someone is, we see a shot of somebody putting on a shoe. It's a close-up. <laughs> Cl- close-up of shoe. Of sh- Yeah, of shoe, yeah. Well, with that, let's head to 10 forward. Two to beam out. Oh. 
Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator, share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Most important question first, what would you like from the replicator? Oh, I would like to to have... Have? I want something that'll put me to sleep. Oh, shit. So this episode, I'm, I'm guessing, is where you're going with that? Yeah. Let's just like blend this episode, add a little bit of um, ice, some coconut water, uh, and then that I'll, dr- I'll drink that, and I'll just see you guys tomorrow. Wow, you added coconut little- water to make it less bland. That's saying something. Um, I would like, um, I would like uh, a glass of excitement, please, and exactly the kind of Star Trek that I like. So this is going to be an interesting cocktail. Ambassador, give us a synopsis. Dare I ask? Oh, yeah. Today's episode of Law and Order involves Dick. going into space where nothing fucking happens at all the entire time. Oh no, someone that we love is on trial. Will they ever get out? Of course they're going to get out. Why watch this episode? There's a couple really good speeches. Otherwise, skip it. That's it. Well, That's my fucking synopsis. Welcome to Missing the Point Pod with your host. <laughs> The internet and Danae. Oh my goodness. So I am guessing from that synopsis um, that you did not enjoy this episode. No, I did not enjoy this episode. Interesting. I liked, I liked, I liked Nira. I mean, she was fantastic to watch act her fucking ass off. She was amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I was so bored. Yeah. In this episode, I actually felt myself become one with my chair. I was just sitting there the whole time. In this episode, while you're sitting watching the episode, you're watching other people on the show sit and watch also the episode, which is really twist like it's twisted. It's it's pretty twisted. Did you like this episode? I love this I episode. Mean, I mean, oh my god! Come on, I'll take this over. <laughs> of course I do. This is textbook Star Trek. Um, textbook Star. Literally, textbooks are in this episode. Of Text- course, you textbook like it. Star Trek law, civil rights, big questions type of episode. Now. Having said that, I absolutely get it. To the masses, this probably isn't very fun. And to, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even count you in the masses, Ambassador. I would count you as a Trekkie as well. But I get it. I see why this is a bit... I see why this might be a bit dry. But was there not something in it that was just like... That you really enjoyed? Like, the big speeches are fun. This is what Star Trek is about. Like, the big speeches, the kind mm-hmm. of clever little... Clever-ish twist at the end. Like, I would take the depth of this over the superficialness of last week's episode all day long. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll grow on me later. But right now, it feels like after you've taken a painful shit. You know what I mean? Like, like you ate a lot, really heavy carbs. Checking for bleeding? It's just super thick. Uh-huh. Hurts almost the whole time. And then you're relieved when it's over. And then you're like, I think that was pretty healthy. But I didn't like it. Maybe I should change my diet. Like, maybe this is a reflection of my horrible, horrible soul. Mm. I don't know. I do predict that this will grow with you over time. I think if this was one that I was pulling out like 10 years from now as a, this is a, maybe not. Because you liked Measure of a Man, didn't you? The one where Data has to, no. you didn't like that one either. Did you? No, I don't like courtroom dramas. Maybe that's it. If you don't like a courtroom drama. I, I think I think that there's some things to really enjoy about this, especially if you're really into like this kind of a, uh, this kind of a, it's important to call into question laws and society and i like that this episode is obviously hitting at i mean they hit on religion they hit on race they hit mm-hmm. on culture they're, they're that's a massive theme and they hammer 
it and it's beautiful and lovely. That's my favorite part. My favorite part are some of the speeches that Nira gives. She's incredible to watch. Like talk about a very fascinating character to watch. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, played by uh, Yatida Badaki, who did an awesome job. But I get so fucking bored. I was so bored, Ian. I was so bored because it's like, is nothing else happening except for just sitting around watching something that I'm not saying that I'd rather watch the punchy punchy, but there was other stuff going on last episode that gave me other things to think about besides law and whether the what the federation stands for and the i don't mind that starfleet needs to think about the importance of inclusion but it didn't seem like the episode was really like designed to do that in the way that i I don't know it was like hey there's this one part about seeking asylum so that's going to bring it all together when she did lie and she did break the law and she (laughs) probably uh should at least still be in trouble for Lying very blatant. She didn't. She didn't come to ask for asylum. She snuck into Starfleet. They're different things, and so we're gonna like cover this up with this asylum thing and like put a bow on it and welcome her back. Um, and also hit on this really important theme, which I'm again super excited that that's a, something we're talking about. Very fucking important, and I loved that part. But it was the entire episode dedicated to like this character development that i don't remember being in any other content like and maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong but except for oh i also like the clothes really cool courtroom clothes like they look so fucking cool and there's little it had like the little vertical sort of like a ribbon stripe down the front looked so rad so i i get where you're coming from the resolution is a little bit weaky lucy like when you do these courtroom dramas and your show isn't a courtroom drama there's often a bit of a wishy-washy, oh, we found a loophole. Like, that didn't really do it for me altogether. Like, I didn't get the emotional punch at the end from But I <laughs> I just, man, I think I just like courtroom dramas. And I like when Trek does that. I like when Trek uses um, allegories to talk about stuff that's happening in the real world. So I think the downside of this episode is that it does spell it out for us. So there's no, like hey, they're talking about this and it transfers to other rights. Like, they literally spell out that this is about things like race relations and apartheid and all of the other horrible shit that we've done that was law once upon a time. They literally spell all of that out. So there's not really much of a leap to go from this allegory to, hey, we're going to make you feel bad for all of the shit that's happened on planet Earth. Um, And quite right, we should feel bad about it. But it's very much smacking you in the face with it. So I I totally get it. But I do love a courtroom drama. I love, I I love the the adversarial back and forth between it all. Um, I don't know. I think I'm just I'm happy that they were brave enough to do an entire episode like this that didn't have a B plot that was unrelated that had something to do with action. Like this was all mystery, uncovering the clues of the case, talking it through. And yeah, the stakes weren't high because we know Una's going to be fine. We know Pike isn't going to end up in jail. So there's no real doubt about how this is going to end. But I still like the journey and I like the process. And I like this better than super soldiers punching each other. Can you give me any positives? What did you? What about Spock? What about the Spock moment? Like that cracked me up. Like Mbenga, like being able to read the body language between the two of them was hilarious. And then Spock just comes over and just like, I'm sorry you had to see that outburst. Basically, because he straightened his shirt. I don't know. I 
I didn't like, I didn't like it. <laughs> you didn't like that bit either. No, I didn't like that bit That's either. Okay. Ortigas is like there just, you know, doing this sort of back and forth Vulcan thing. And I was like, That's rude. <laughs> and then Mbank is teaching her, you know, about body language and he comes over. I'm like, I'm sorry you had to see that outburst. And I loved I did like that, but I didn't laugh at it. I mm. and I think maybe it's because I knew that as soon as the scene ends, I'm back into the other stuff. So what about what about the evil Vulcan? Like he was pretty intimidating. No? Was he? At, no. at the end, they they used him a bit late, but he was pretty They changed no? the music. I had I had no I, I had no point of reference for why this person was intimidating except for that other people said he was intimidating. And what he did in a courtroom setting to bring into question Pike was just as bad as what Nier was doing to question the other admiral. How do you so mean? So they're both they're like so Nira is quite like when she brought in it was it April? I can't remember his name. What's yeah, the Admiral April. So she she kind of calls April's decision making into question. And then like bad Spock calls in to question the other uh, Pike. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really even about, it wasn't about uh, Una really at all. Mm. He was bringing in his own agenda. She was bringing in her agenda. That's the problem that I have with these kinds of courtroom situations. These, these, these moments, because, you know, someone will say objection and the person just keeps talking, you know, <laughs> there's all this stuff that happens that just, there, there's a moment when Una is, is, is expressing herself when she's finally kind of having her moment on the stand at the very, very end. And her, her counsel, like Nero walks away as if she's done and didn't even get to the point about why she started to start, join Starfleet. And Una continues on her own, which continues, oh, so why did you join Starfleet? Didn't even get to her own point. And it's just to build this drama reveal that she, you know, turned herself in to prove herself. And I guess the problem that I'm having is that a lot of times these characters for me are like not, I maybe I just... I'm so used to just watching content and then just putting it someplace else in my brain mm-hmm. that I'm not connecting to Una's story, like and why this is such a big deal. I don't I we're already at the point where she's in Starfleet and it's like accept her or don't accept her. Let's get on to the fun. Like let's get on to the point but where I, I get to see her back in action because what I liked about this character is watching her in action and here she's defending herself for having the right to be in action and that's great. That's fine. Let's do that. But an entire an, enti- an entire episode. An well, entire episode. What's interesting is that we haven't really seen her in action yet. So one of my negatives, I guess we're just going to do this together because you don't really have a positive section. Is I that, told you my positives. Is that we don't have like series with her. We have a, we have 10 episodes that she's barely been in. So I, whereas like with Measure of a Man, we have like this connection to Data. I don't have this big connection to Una yet, so I don't get the emotional weight behind what this means to her and fighting for her rights and stuff. I just, courtroom dramas are supposed to dramatically have a reveal, and I think the reveal of this one is that she turned herself in to prove a point, and that should have been brought up at the very beginning. Mm. That should have been her defense, is I did this because (laughs) I want to show that my, who I am in Starfleet matters more than where I've come from. Yeah, And I would have loved to explore, this would have been a great episode to say that at the beginning or towards the beginning or whatever. Like, like we went through so much trouble to get Nira, you know, mm-hmm. and then we finally get Nira and then things kind of kick off. Like, I didn't, I, I just feel like this could have used a lot of editing to 
move us to the, like rearrange it, get to the end first, like do that. And then do a fun flashback episode where we get to see some of their adventures. Like they just talk about the adventures. They mm-hmm. talk about stuff. Blah, 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 blah. We're sitting down the whole time. We're just sitting there. Episode. The oh, most man. movement that happens so is we get to see Pike walk and run out of air. And then, you know. That was a pretty oh, cool rub, wasn't it? Like not assuming every planet can be hospitable to humans. I liked that rub. But Sure. But what was his plan? He got into that room with like zero percent oxygen. His Sheer only deter- out was no, that no, no. Was, he faked was it. Was hoping what he faked. He it. faked it because he lifted his thing on his leg onto his foot onto his leg, and he still had twenty percent of his air left. But he cut off the supply to make the alarm go off. Missed it. To to fake but the still, thing. Yeah. Let's see. She says no. What's your fucking plan? Just I hope they have some oxygen back up in a room somewhere. My goodness. Anyway, it is an interesting tactic to not tell your client what the plan is and like slow balling the information until your big reveal at the very end. Like I do question, and we would send her tactics for if it's asylum, then just you should probably get this thrown out immediately because you just say, hey, she's gonna ask for asylum we don't need to go through all of these proceedings i'm kind of shocked that the vulcan didn't see this coming as well who should know all of the law inside out it's kind of yeah. amazing that he wasn't prepared for this as well having said that i do kind of see past it because we get some great pike speeches and it's making a great point about how hypocritical starfleet can be and how you need a bit of perspective like things that the law is upholding pike today speeches? may not be right you yeah. liked Pike speeches? I did like Pike speeches. At the beginning when he got Nera? Yeah. Oh my God, that was one of the worst parts for me. Oh. It made me not like Pike. <laughs> really? I, was, I came out of that thinking, how charming is Pike? I love him. I think that's part of why it bugged me so much. Right. Is she's clearly like, dude, fucking get, get gone. I don't want to see you. And he's like, my, I will not take no for an answer. And then he just somehow magically convinces her I just, I don't know. Did you, I don't know if you were completely lost by this point, but did it help you like with a bit of context into like filling in some gaps in history? So knowing that there's been another, like a huge eugenics war, which is part of hum- um, Earth's history at this point, And why this, why they hate um, augmented uh, people and genetic manipulation and stuff. Did it help with any of that? Was that interesting at least? No. I mean, I, okay, yes, I guess. If the question is yes or no, then I guess technically it's on the yes spectrum. But it was more interesting to me when they were making the mad dash to the end of this of the episode than it was the beginning. They, they build so much into this idea that there's this big thing that's going to be happening. And it's like, and I think like at this point is when, or in, in, in Nira's speeches, is when I see the big hits that the show is going for. I mean, there's so much happening in our societies today that needs to hear this. They need to like sit down and watch this episode with a framework in mind about how these larger conversations need to happen and laws need to change and rights need to be shifted around. And it does take some counsel deciding that there are two different ways that you can view this law. Uh, you can punish her for breaking the law by this technicality, or you can absolve her for this technicality. And it's up to you to do that. And it takes somebody um, standing up and having the right or the, I don't know if the, I would say the right frame of mind to kind of press that forward. 
but I don't think that they gave bad Spock, don't remember his name, don't care, the the platform to really showcase the other side of it either. Like the reason that there are laws or whatever, like it was kind of more like a we're prejudiced people. So we decided to do this thing to protect ourselves. And I think we're looking at the point in history where the Illyrians and the augmented sort of societies are, are ready to showcase and have more to stand on legally than ever before. And we're kind of seeing that important pivotal moment, but I'm missing how this is like so moving that it's the second episode of season two. I'm, I'm missing something. I'm missing like, I'm ready to be in space. I'm ready to go on mm. an adventure. I'm ready to go do something with these people that I'm having a good time with. And in, and it's like, I just, I went from this, you know, wacky adventure in episode one mm. that was like, what the fuck was like that? Like swing. we just, and then, then we're on the opposite end of it where it's like, and now you're going to sit still and listen to law. I get and it. History. And I think for like a new viewer, that's going to be unkind as well. Like for me, who's like embedded in Star Trek history, I really, really enjoy this stuff. And I like the extra context. It's a big swing. Yeah. And you know what? That's the pendulum. So hopefully, hopefully the pendulum has swung far one way where we're like super adventure that also doesn't quite make a lot of sense. And then also like sit still bottle episode courtroom drama not a lot really happening adventure wise mm -hmm. but it all but it's happening like in law but for people like you like you said and i'm watching the live chat as we're recording this 90 fucking five percent of the people loved this episode so i definitely know i'm not the majority and that's okay but i think you can you they could have had the best of both worlds because if they'd have done this episode later but they tied their hands because they had that stupid cliffhanger they obviously didn't want to open with this episode because it was too slow. So they had to they do the random stuff last week and then bring Una back. So they, it all comes back to we didn't need that cliffhanger. Now, I love this episode, but I do agree it's in the wrong place. It shouldn't be well, this early on. If this was meant to be episode one, they didn't answer the question, what happened with La'an? Mm -hmm. So then I think they went back and they said, what happened to La'an? How did she join the crew? So then they made yeah, last they episode and well. stuck it first. Yeah. So now they have a full crew and they have an answer to those questions. Super fine. Great. Whatever. I just, what I loved about this show was that episodic feel. And I just starting off with the courtroom drama isn't for me. So it's okay. I hope, I hope we're on some adventures next time. It was cool to hear why the title of the episode was meaningful. I, I do see the importance of what Starfleet means to her, like painting the picture of them showing up and the diversity and her chance to kind of join in and belong somewhere. That was really like, those are really cool things that are like important staples of uh, Star Trek. It's just when I, when I remember Star Trek, this isn't the kind of stuff that I'm rem remembering. And I think that's probably true for like 90% of people. It isn't, it isn't this type of thing. And when you compare it to other courtroom episodes, like the Drumhead, Measure of a Man, um, the Menagerie in TOS, uh, what's the uh, Court Martial? Of course, Court Martial was the other one. They they all do this better it's because say they use the allegories a lot more. So like data is an allegory for what do you define as sentient life. Um, it's not necessarily a race thing, but it's a great allegory. And the drumhead does something really, really similar with a Vulcan that's had to hide himself. Sorry, a half Romulan that's had to hide himself as a half Vulcan because there's so much prejudice against Romulans. But in that episode, 
um, Picard is taking the lead as the prosecutor, as the defense again. And it's just, it's fun to see Picard in the chair. Like, I would have loved them to find a way for um, Pike to have been the lawyer. Now, she did an incredible job, and I hope we see her in Star Trek again. But we had lots of new people introduced that were not as invested in character-wise. Um, so yeah, I get it. I, I, I get it. And I would probably rank it lower among the Star, Star Trek courtroom episodes. But I'm just a sucker for a courtroom drama. How much more so so to me, like the the whole like asylum thing was like a it was a loophole that they found to mm-hmm. cover her actions. It wasn't yeah. like Pike Pike was surprised everyone was surprised by it. They're like, Oh, we get to we get to have an out. Now listen, I I have been in trouble before. I have been in big trouble before. And I have been very happy to have little hoop- loopholes in my life where I didn't know how I was going to get out of something and then something presented and I was like, oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. And I like screwed <laughs> out the door or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, I fucking I get meant. it. Yep. I get it. But would it have been more powerful if that would have come from Pike? The Because he's purposefully kept out of the courtroom because he, they don't want to get him in trouble. He ends up getting in trouble anyway. And he she still is covered because of this thing. It's just like, why hold on to that? Why not present that of being like, this is important, guys. Like Because we're in an episode of from? TV and we have to have a big reveal at the end today. But what if the big reveal wasn't that? What if the big reveal was, you're still in trouble and you're still court-martialed? Sorry. Like, what if the big reveal is, yeah, you should have gone through proper channels because it said something about there needing to be a tribunal. Well, that should have happened months ago, <laughs> not here in this courtroom. Two years later, we like she serves her time in prison, and we pick up two years from now. So, so to me, it's like uh, I don't know. It's hard also because the rules and regulations are an imaginary world that I don't have a lot of information about, and I don't have a lot of information about like necessarily laws in my own actual real life necessarily either. But there is something to be said about uh, it. Is hard to put an episode together where you're laying the foundation of a society, you're laying the foundation of the rules of this federation group you're laying down how she broke the rule and you're laying down how even though she broke the rule there's still a reason out it's it requires a lot of me turning off turning trying to like turn on the part where i'm like how does this make sense and then turning off the part that's like this doesn't make any sense to me i want to have fun and then i'm looking around at the entire episode as people just talking which is not fun for me so then i'm like reaching back for the law okay where do i leg it like where do i dig in here Oh, and then by its own rules, it seems to me like she should still be in trouble. I turn that part off because I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm supposed to be like cheering for her. This is supposed to be good. And and then I'm watching them watching themselves. Holy shit. Can we talk about a sin real quick? How about the moment when they're like, this entire thing is chicken from the record and people are watching live. How do you strike it from the record when people are watching live? Oh, like, no, it's that's just- a common thing. That's normal what in courtrooms. Doing? Like if a judge rules that something was out what? of line or out of order then they'll tell the jury to strike it from their memory. They can't include that in their decision. And if the judge thinks that they can't be impartial anymore, they'll call for a new... That wasn't that wasn't too weird for me. But it's all weird for me. Because again, I'm trying to understand it. the rules. Like, mm-hmm. like, like wh- where do I... What do I link in? And here's where I link in. I link in to a fun adventure, which I am not currently on. But you know what? Season Episode three is next week. I'm still going to be open to that. And I'm glad that it has some things that you like about it. Is there anything else that you like about it? No, I've said I've said my positives. Like, there's not a lot of um, variety to the episode. If you like courtroom dramas and you like Star Trek doing courtroom dramas, you're going to love this episode. I love both of those things. So yeah, I'm going to be a sucker. For it. But I do agree. It's not the best version of what it could be. 
And the big comparison that I'll make between this and the drumhead and measure of a man is that the drumhead and measure of a man don't rely on a loophole. They don't rely on this big legal baha moment to save the day. What it relies on is Picard being an excellent debater and an excellent um kind of an excellent orator and structuring his arguments like in the drumhead he makes such a convincing argument that the opposing attorney has a mental breakdown and just ends up losing her shit entirely because she kind of admits that she has this internal conflict that she's bringing to the table and in measure of a man he just tears Riker apart but in a just a really like kind of almost sympathetic impartial way and i think that was that was one of the things that was missing from this episode is that if they could have found a way to argue it in a more kind of (sighs) i loved nira's speech no i think it's great but it's still relying on a big loophole like her speech is kind of irrelevant once she gets to the asking for asylum part that's the bit that they can't argue with so it for me it undermines how fantastic her speech is because if she didn't have the asylum do they still side with her so so how would this episode feel from I'm asking myself how it would feel if they'd done something very, very different, which is something that we do on the show a lot. And and we take liberties with saying this would have made a better episode. And that's not that's actually not it's not entirely true, <laughs> because even something that they would do that's like more in line with what I would be interested in, I would probably still have some things that I would change because I'm a perfectionist weirdo. But in this idea that she should still be in trouble and things like this, it seems like there is a law that needs to be changed here and that this moment in in the legislation of this world this is a big moment in legislative history okay so in this moment is when maybe more people are aware that laws should change and that the restrictions on the illyrian people need to be changed and shifted around maybe the beginning of this is her getting court martialed anyway the loophole gives her some padding so that she can join again in a faster fashion, um, not be discharged, but like not be able demoted. to serve demoted. Yeah. So like, what if the rest of the season she's demoted? Yeah. Like she's a Lieutenant commander and Laan has to be her superior. She has to be the first or, officer for a little while. Right. Or she's like, I don't know, whatever lower deck situation, you know, like put her, put her into Just a situation her like decks. that. <laughs> right, move her to lower decks where she kind of has to just do some grunt work. And then this episode kind of shifts through time or something. And then we actually see Nira take these themes of, you know, slavery was once legal. Um, a law doesn't make something just. These things that, like when she said, I'm not saying that the Federation is meaning to do harm um, because their experiences were legitimate um, and the pain was legitimate. Um, but the, like, the Federation was built basically after I'm I'm from what I'm understanding, the wake of this really terrible, terrible thing. And it was meant to protect, but it's blinded by centuries of fear. These themes are so important for us to look at. And I was really moved by some of these things. Like she said that uh so blinded by fear of the century is that um it has unknowingly become a persecutor. And so what if we saw over time them shifting those laws to be more inclusive and to have different practices in place to show that someone's gone through the proper channels to join Starfleet despite their birth like 
it seems like Una is the exception to so many rules because she doesn't, through her culture and her religion and her practices, she didn't have a choice to be Illyrian. She's just Illyrian. And that shouldn't be something that is counted against her. And there's enough time that's happened where it seems like, okay, so they're not like just turning into, you know, horror creatures when they hit a certain age or something. So yeah, let's like, let's see the evolution of law. Let's end the episode where we get to see her regain her rank. And then we pick up on episode three where she's back in the lieutenant's chair or something like, I don't know. It just, it didn't, it felt like we won, but we won in a weird way. And I don't know that I'm convinced that things are still better. For me, I really like that because that's basically how law works. So a law is made, it gets challenged in court and adapts over time. So case law becomes way more impactful than law law because this case can now be used as a precedent. Like that's the one of the big things is that going forward, they can refer back to this case and say, well, you passed it here. Now that doesn't always hold up. That can always be repealed and changed and overruled by another ruling. But it for me, it felt pretty representative of how laws change and evolve over time. Like they get challenged and pulled apart until and then gradually over time they get stronger and stronger so the big sweeping win for me wouldn't have been as realistic like the fact that there's still some work to go felt more like kind of appropriate in a depressing well and we have to as chat's pointing out um and i was going to point out i'm sure you were too like we also have a timeline situation where not <sighs> a lot can be changed because it comes up later in other formats it's and so biggest problems with strange new worlds and prequels in general is the same problem i had with enterprise is that in deep space nine bashir has this same legal battle he has this same thing and that is 200 odd years in the wait 150 odd years in the future or something like that so i'm like nothing changes in 130 odd years really so your, your hands are always tied by your dealing with a past that we kind of already know is written and can't be changed too much so it's it's tricky it is tricky it is tricky and it's really really deep and it's really really rich and it's just not what i was expecting i think that's absolutely fair and i think that's why i love your perspective one of the many reasons i love your perspective on the show is because i would have sat there and been like yeah star trek this is great this is the best but it's not fair. It's not fair to new people. It's not fair to like the wider audience where this is the kind of episode that I think a show has to earn. And it, it needs to come later on where we have so much more invested and so much more understanding. Like if Strange New Worlds is the only Star Trek that you've watched, this is a difficult episode to understand and appreciate. I get it. Totally get it. And maybe if I had just binged season one and jumped right into this one, it would feel a bit different because I would have had a lot more to just kind of like chew on and, and think about. I, and, I don't know because Una but, isn't in season one very, very much. Like the Ghosts of Illyria episode is the big thing. And that's episode three, I think. So she probably still would have forgotten about it. Um, it it's tricky. But I, I do love... I, I am a little bit conflicted on it because... For me as a Star Trek fan, I love how unapologetically Star Trek this is. And it's kind of like, hey guys, you got to come along with us for the ride. Sorry, this is deep. Sorry, this is, this is mm -hmm. quote unquote boring. But this is what Star Trek does as well. This isn't Star Wars. This isn't lightsabers. And mm -hmm. yes, Star Wars is making a point, but it's always a bit more popcorn-y. Star Trek does the deep, deep, deep philosophical work. 
Mm-hmm. And I've seen it before and I have watched episodes where I was like, oh shit, they just, they just fucking went there. Talking about religion, talking about culture, we're talking about race, all of that in one conversation. And so it is, it is impressive to see it. And I do like that point. I found myself thinking multiple times, like, this is important. The writers are purposefully doing this big smash. Like we know from talking to some of the writers in the past, they have so many things to think about. They have so many different potential episodes that they can pull from. They have so many different ideas that they could go. We're going to do this episode. They have created a very specific episode list for us. And this is what they want to give us for a reason. Even more so now that you only have 10 instead of 25. Yeah. And I do like that you're saying this is a purposeful thing. Like Star Trek is being Star Trek. And I don't know that I... I don't I don't know that I'm not going to like it later. It's just not what I was it's the second well, time it's like oh this yeah. is what I was expecting and I and I hate this part of any time I get attached to a show cuz I always begin to do the thing where I was like ah this isn't listen if if I was watching this on my own I would not watch any longer. I would I'd be like I think I'm done for a minute and I'd come back after there's like two or three stacked in and then I'd binge them and just see if it's got some more of what's attractive to me. But that's not what we're doing here. We're taking Danae on an intentional journey to dip me into Star Trek world and ask me, are you surviving? I think the answer is yes. I think I'm still surviving. I mean, it's totally fair because the trick is to make those big points and to make that really important societal commentary whilst making it entertaining. Or if you do lose people, they do switch off. They do get bored. I wasn't... (sighs) I wasn't entertained this that, episode. That says a lot. I was, I was asked to sit down for a very deep dive into racism and fear and law. And if I had known that going in, I think I might have been a little bit more braced mm. for like, oh, this is going to be this kind of an episode. But I kept waiting for something to happen. And I think that might be another part of why I'm, a, I'm still a little bit like, what about No, I get it. it. But, the know, the analogy... There's, there's more. There's, there's at least eight more episodes. Oh, for sure. The, the allegory that I like is that Starfleet has made this rule, this blanket ruling about all augmented life forms and all genetic modifications based on the war. And there's, they're making the argument that you can't assume that everyone is the same that every augmented being is going to turn out to be like khan and is going to turn out to rule the world like that's not that's not fair and there's some interesting allegories between that and today um which i just which i i just really really i really love i think the episode would have done better if it didn't hang on the big reveal at the end to do with asylum like if it had just let the argument stand on its own two feet but maybe it can't because the vulcan has a point she did lie like the bottom line is she lied. She did. That was the time to ask for asylum. And she didn't. She chose to lie no. instead and, and lie her way into Starfleet. She didn't. She went to Starfleet to do something that she wanted to do, not to escape her life, but yeah. to join something that had purpose. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Though, though her circumstances do indicate that she was trying to escape. She didn't run to Starfleet's door and say, hey, let me in. I want to mm-hmm. prove myself. She lied got in has a great career and then upon reflection and accidentally revealing yeah. that part of her story wasn't the we intent get to introduce yeah. we get to introduce the the loop i get it so with that do you want to do you have any like funny sins do you want to do a little sin section or have you covered everything that you wanted uh i think i've covered everything i do also want to say there's one part that keeps popping up in my mind that i think i would 
regret not mentioning. Mm-hmm. And it is when, um, oh, what's her name? Laon goes and asks for personal logs. Mm. And is it Uhura? Uhura, yeah. She's like, nope. Love it. And I thought that was powerful too. I love that so much because the standard is the B plot would be we're going to dig and we're going to break the law. But yeah. you know what? It's going to be fine because we're doing it for the good guys. And Uhura's just like, no. And like really logical reasons for why that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that too. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, I thought that it was a nice, again, a, a look at that's two times that I've noticed that they're really building her character to be very confident in her role um, and show that she has some pretty high standards for not fucking with her station. <laughs> so I liked that. I, I did think that that was good. I also liked, I'm interested to see, hear what you, because I'm guessing this may not have hit you the same, but Captain Battelle Pike's on and off love, love interest kind of gives a really great reason for why pike can't go on the stand as well because he's kind of licking his wounds about not being one of the witnesses and then she just kind of like turns and says when did you find out and he's like he's stumped by it because he can't lie and that's going to endanger her even more and for me it's not often that the episode has something that it wants to do which is not involve pike and gives us a decent reason for why he's not on the stand as well that just it felt satisfying felt like some thought got into it the second episode that barely involves Pike. No, we can we can both agree. On I guess that. that's the sin. That's the sin. Okay. Well, because I want to do at least one transition this episode, and I've made an intro for it, so we're going to use it. Let's head over to was it in the trailer? <laughs> the line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. You will die without honor. Shut up, Wesley. Get off my bridge. This is the very quick part of the show where we ask, was it in the trailer? Because the trailer is doing some really dumb stuff. There's only one thing this week. Guess, I mean, guess what was in the trailer that spoiled this episode? <laughs> and I was desperate for this because I still want to use this segment. Uh, yeah, it's great. Was it the very end when Nera says that this is just the start? It, it's not. No, it's not. It's, okay. Think bigger picture, more more broad. Was it a shot of the, the ship in space? That's Close. pretty broad. Close. Cool. What? It's a shot of Una on the bridge in the captain's chair. She's like throughout the trailer. So I'm like, well, I guess like I know exactly how this trial ends. Like she wasn't on the chair in this episode, was she? I know this is why I went really, really broad. Just the fact that she's in the captain's chair in the trailer means that she gets through this trial. And hey, it was loose, but I really like the bumper. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. But yes, the trailer does spoil the end. But. Una predictably survives this trial and is. But does Danae survive this? Yes, she does. Because I'm you, fine. You do not have to love every episode. I'm fine. I'm fine. So, oh my God. Can I talk about a sin of the show, please? Do it. Do it. I didn't think we were doing any sins, but go for it. I didn't either until I glanced at my notes. Let's go. Apologies to anybody that really is OCD about our format. You'll be fine. Don't it's be. okay. We'll be back to normal next week. Probably. How did, how did you feel about the clapping at the end? <laughs> so. I have a funny thing about the clapping. The, the, the clapping at the end has, is forever ruined for me because I the clapping started and I heard a dog barking. And I was like, that's such a random choice. Why would they have a dog barking at the end of the episode? <laughs> Where is this dog coming from? And it's your dogs that were barking. Oh, Not, yes, they were. And I was like, what? what? Yes. Does Pike have a dog that we don't? And the dogs are just like joining in and mm-hmm. cheering, going, ruff, 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 yeah, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and obviously it's your dogs. So... I, I I can't answer that question. I it was fine. Cool. Give me a round okay. of applause. I'm guessing you didn't okay. like it. I just 
why not handshakes? You know, like thank you, thank mm-hmm. you so much. You know, like we appreciate more you because most of them are American. That's why. I guess it's got to be so. round okay. You're lucky they okay. didn't have fireworks in the transporter room. Like, as she's getting beamed away, fireworks just they fire off some torpedoes and shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. Well, we did have a couple of predictions as well. Your generic prediction was right that if it's about getting the crew back together, which makes makes mm-hmm. sense. Your specific we prediction did. was um, Spock's in the captain's chair drinking tea. Close up of uh, a no, shoe no, being I changed tied, it. And you did I changed it. it to shoes. Close up yeah, of a shoe being shoes. put on. I don't yeah, remember. I didn't that see any happened. shoes. No, no. We didn't. No points scored this week for many reasons. Um, Listen, I don't expect to have any points any longer. No, that's that's no no no. My, you, my magic fine. wore off. You in have season two of the show. You have <laughs> very very valid concerns, and I think most people would agree with you. It's the the ardent Trek fans that will love it regardless. Like so yeah, I I get it. I totally get where you're coming from. Well. Thank you for listening, everybody. Slightly different format this week, but you know what? Sometimes the episode requires some genetic adaptation as well, and right. kind of a bit of bit of shifting. And Sue changing. us. We'll take it to court. Do it. Um, but yeah, let us know what you thought of the episode as well. Thank you for listening, everybody. We will be live next week on Twitch and YouTube live at twelve thirty Central Time. But until then, I'm Ian, and it's I want everything stricken from the record from me. And it's. I'm sorry you had to see that outburst from me. Yes. <laughs> and live long and prosper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I want to thank you guys for being supportive of my confusion oh, about yeah. my emotions towards this uh, episode. I I have fan base phobias like anyone should especially sci-fi ones understandable because i ride that line of like i'm i'm genuinely trying to be respectfully uh i want to be respectful when i say i don't like something and not just be like flippant about it but then my personality i think i come off off as flippant sometimes or just like being silly which of course i am but i am working through the feelings of like not enjoying that I, I fucking did not like this episode ian i don't mm-hmm. want to watch any more of the show right now oh wow and i, I yeah i've had this two. from you before it makes sense two oh. back to back you're so precious about what you put your time into content wise i get it so i appreciate you sticking with us <laughs> tbd i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> I'm really interested to see what Aaron feels because I there's a good chance that he sides with you on this one and, and it was no, just a I bit too dry. Like it. Well, he generally likes the philosophical stuff, but he's really big on delivery as well. And but they were does lazy he like your affinity delivery. for? Does he feel like he likes your affinity for Gilbert and Sullivan musicals? <laughs> a British target soaring soul is a mountain, but is energetically ready to tour real blow. Yes, that's Gilbert and Sullivan. Moving on. I did not see that coming. His breast should heave and his brow should fall, and his fist be ever ready for a knockdown <laughs> blow. <laughs> yes, sing it, Captain. How many colors are there in the alert? Like, sheer? well, there's there's yellow, Spectrum. red, and black. Okay. Black alert is when the spore drive is getting activated on Discovery. Spore um, drive? Yeah, they have a. Oh goodness, yeah, they have a spore drive. And they travel along a mycelial network in space rather than okay. warp travel. Cool. Like, what color are the spores? You don't really see them. Like, most spores are sort of brownish. So, why wasn't it brown? Why is it yeah. going to be black? I remember it being like bluey. It sounds more like, like mold. Mold alert. 
Uh, Sin from Nick says, if Pike couldn't testify, why couldn't Benga and Laon? They found out the same day and could have been asked the same question. They probably True. had more. Yep. The question you're talking about is they could have been asked, like, when did Captain Pike learn about Una? They, they probably didn't know the answer to that one, though. So it would have been safer if no, that but, did come up from them. But they know. So they found out on the same day. Because Mbenga had to go to... Sorry, Lant. Damn it. What's her name? Una had to go to Mbenga and say, I'm an Illyrian. My genes can cure the crew. Because the oh, crew yeah. was underneath that disease. So they could have... It's a great point. They could have asked Mbenga and said, hey, when did you find out? And then he's in trouble. So yeah, it was risky putting them on the... Risky, Good point. risky shit. Good point. Good sin. Good sin. Uh, prediction from Nick. I have a prediction for later this season. I wonder if this Vulcan guy has it out for Pike and will come back later. It's weird that he had it out for Pike so hard. Maybe he is secretly working for Cybok. I would love this guy to come back. That's great because he was barely me, used. He was barely used, but he was when he did turn up. He had a cadence that I really enjoyed, and he was quite intimidating. So yeah, I wonder if he. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a return. Flab says they canceled Prodigy today. They did what? Sorry. The canceled prodigy today. Um, really? No, I didn't know that. Is canceled the right word though? I thought they were having a two-season run and that was it. Or have they canceled season two? Mm-hmm. The news broke about mm-hmm. an hour ago during our show. Wow. I knew that they were getting a season two, but does that mean that they've canceled season two? That's interesting. That would suck. Guys, this is why we're never going to not be live. Constantly covering yeah. Star Trek news right here on the CinemaSins channel. Not only you canceled, might, but removed? You might think that Star, that CinemaSins does more than just Star Trek, but you're wrong. We're all Star no. Trek all the time All now. Star Trek all the time. That's weird. Oh, no. Paramount Plus had previously been given the go-ahead for a second season of the kid-focused animated TV show, Star Trek Prodigy, but the series has now been cancelled ahead of that. Additionally, Prodigy will be removed from the streaming platform altogether. What the... F- what are we doing, Paramount? So you probably, know, Do you think they sold it to somebody else, another streaming service? That would be ridiculous. That would be beyond ridiculous. But you remember Aaron that we had on the show? Yeah, he, he was great. Yeah. It, oh, poor Aaron. He's going to be crushed. They had maybe, a there's, se- maybe there's plans for another place to pick it up. I think that we forget that we're in a world where... A show can be aired on multiple like platforms. Like for example, if I want to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, which I do all the time, every single fucking season, I have to subscribe to a new service just to watch it because oh, yeah, it a different everywhere. service, right? So maybe but, maybe Paramount isn't going to own all the Star Trek stuff, and maybe it's going to go to a different place. Who knows? Can I tell you about something called? Actually, you know about this, but the podcast okay. listener doesn't. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend like you don't know this. Can I tell you something about the the solar s'more oven? Yes. Can we talk about please that? Please tell me. Because you know oh, about I, this. On my camera, I do. I I saw it in action quite impressively. You basically you take the box that everything comes in, you line it with tin foil, and then you put the s'mores pieces down inside of it. And then you put some cellophane over the top to keep the heat in. And that way you can see inside of it. And then you put it on the back porch in the sunshine. And, and then you bake your s'mores. Whoever suggested that at Kiwi Crate slash Koala Crate has kids and hates them. Or hates parents. Why? Like, because they knew how messy this was going to get. This is going to be it a messy so experiment. Mess. And this is going to get the kids hyped up on sugar. Like this person is a sadist. It was so messy. So I got, by the way, I was at a health food store. So it's like, 
Hey, you know, can I have all some natural chocolate and marshmallows? Cha- <laughs> <laughs> all natural graham crackers and vegan um, oh, no. marshmallows, and then like the fucking most expensive milk oh, chocolate chocolate bar. Of course. So I love expensive chocolate. And I'm like, all right, so this is going to be a treat for both of us. Mm-hmm. The chocolate didn't even look like it melted. So I genuinely thought that it didn't work. And I couldn't believe it had been sitting out there for 40 minutes mm-hmm. and and nothing really of interest had happened. But then I poked my finger in it and it was just oh, liquid oh, chocolate. No. <laughs> just molten lava. I highly recommend doing this because it wasn't, like a lot of times chocolate straight out of the campfire is really, really hot. This was yeah. perfectly warm. That's the really marshmallow cool. was still a little bit too dense, but that could be because I got vegan marshmallows and maybe they don't marsh <laughs> they just don't have as a melting much point. As, maybe. <laughs> I, don't know. I would imagine they would like lose their cohesion quicker than They were the like beefy. They're beefy. What did I make uh, them out of if they're not? Because marshmallows are, is like all like gelatin, right? And glucose? I don't know. Uh, tapioca syrup, cane sugar, filtered water, tapioca starch carrageen soy protein and natural vanilla flavor but i don't think i'm spelling carrageen correctly but it's an additive that's used to thicken emulsify and preserve food and drinks that doesn't sound very vegan it comes from red seaweed oh interesting no wonder it's so expensive i'm learning that my i'm wired Mm -hmm. to be very concerned about messes but i'm trying to break that by purposefully allowing messes and then realizing that my world did not fall apart when there was a mess so that is one of my biggest fears should I ever have children is I hate messes and I get so annoyed and kids just snot everywhere. They just, everywhere. they snot and they put their everywhere. fingers everywhere and they everywhere. eat like fucking animals. And I'm just like, just, <laughs> can you just be 18? <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with this. This is turning into the parenting podcast. It's only um, going to get worse from here because we got the fish story coming up as well. Oh my God. Let's talk about the fish. Are we going to do that now or do you want to do that with the live audience? Well, we can do that with live audience. That's fine. Yeah, because you can yeah. razz me about it. That's I can't fine. wait. I can't. I was there every step of the way and it was, gonna, it was beautiful. You were, you were my lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> I should not have been we- your lifeline because I would have said no. Oh, we have so much to talk about because you're my dumping ground for personal stories since I have uh, put the morning DNA on a, a uh-huh. brief hiatus. So there is a long-running show that Danae does with the Commodore. They have known each other longer than I've known both of them. Uh, and that's currently on hiatus. So this has become parenting uh, grown-up chat for, for a little while. I want to tell you guys a story real quick. Can I story please? Story time. I was really excited. Let me tell you about why a five-gallon bucket just arrived at my front door from Amazon. I, I ordered it. Yeah, it That's wasn't a just answer. a gift. Yeah, your wish <laughs> list a... is very, very strange. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered a five-gallon bucket so that I can put water inside of it, so that it can sit. I can go to the tap outside, not indoors, because I can't use my indoor tap uh, because there's salt. Like a, I have a water softener system. And I can't have that kind of water. I have to have the water from the outside, the garden water, mm-hmm. the hose water. And I'm going to put it in this five-gallon bucket every single week, and I'm going to let it slowly get to room temperature because <laughs> I have a fish tank now that needs to have five gallons of water removed from it and then five gallons added to it. And I'm just realizing I probably should have got two buckets so that I can do the five gallon out. No, I'll no, do the slow scoop out. No, you're not going to fit that out. in there. <laughs> You'll get the fish with it. 
How did I acquire this goldfish? You might ask. Great question. Great question. Because I read a sign out loud. Iris can't read, okay? She's six. She's not going to look at a sign and think, I wonder what that sign says. Like when she's a little older, sure. But now, no. She was just looking at a big barrel filled with fish at the garden center where we were there to buy plants. And they had koi fish. I thought it'd be kind of cool to show her some koi fish. They also had a barrel of goldfish. And she just looked at the goldfish and she was super fine. Mistake number one, reading the sign out loud that said, happy Father's Day, free goldfish, one per family. And I read that out loud and that's when my life changed. And then <sighs> and then everything happened after that. that. I didn't know that part of the story. So you volunteered this. She didn't know there was a free goldfish. There was a guy standing there. This is there. what I'm saying. You volunteered I, it. I read it out loud. The guy said, do you want a goldfish? And of course... Our answer is yes. Now, I did not know some things. Number one, I did not know that according to fish people, there's two different kinds of people here. There's gardener people and then there's the fish people. Both terrifying, both ruling the world. world. The garden people probably assume, as most garden people do, that you're going to put the koi fish or the goldfish that are living in big barrels into a pond of some kind because they're at a garden center. So this person says to me, I asked the question, I don't know how to take care of a goldfish. Iris says, I don't know how to take care of a goldfish. Garden man says, you put it in a bowl. And I think He's full of shit. that sounds about right. He that is sounds full about of shit. right. This is how you see goldfish in media all the time. This person should not be in charge of giving away sentient beings. I don't know if goldfish is sentient. He should not be in charge of giving away living things. Do you know how many people get goldfish? You go to the fair. You throw a little ping pong ball into a cup of water. Congratulations. Here's a fish. Guess it isn't who, right. <laughs> get, guess, guess what is the most complicated fish that you can have? A goldfish. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. This garden man didn't tell me. Why do you That's think he's giving kind him of away? Because he's a gardener. Okay, yeah, he's not too a fish hard to look guy. After. He's just like, I don't want to do this. He's not a fucking fish guy. Okay. So then I go to the fish people and the fish people tell me information I didn't know. And let me tell you the things I learned about goldfish, both at the pet center, but also on my own researching at the end of the day when I was lying to bed in my room with a fish tank buzzing in the corner, watching 20 gallons of water for one little goldfish, thinking to myself, did I just get bamboozled? And the answer is no. The fish people at the pet store were correct. If you want to properly care for a goldfish, you do need to think about what the fish needs. And goldfish apparently do not stay small. Oh no, they can grow up to a foot plus long. Which they can I live thought was bullshit. I thought that was- It's not. I have, I have never seen a goldfish that big. And the answer is I never looked after my goldfish properly. That's why they never got that big. They grow up to five inches uh, in the first couple of years. And then if they're in a proper tank that has five fucking gallons, no, 20 gallons of water total, five gallons changed out every week, proper care, et cetera, et cetera, they can live for 15 to 30 years. They will outlive us. Let me, let me step back for just a second. I'm going to share more facts with you if it's interesting to you. But just go 
into the mind of my my mind for a moment when this guy hands me a bag with a goldfish in it and says, bowl on the counter should work just fine. I think back to a beta I had. That worked pretty well. Now, I, lo- I know a lot more now, days later. And then I ask this question, how much air is in this bag? He says, ah, you got about an hour. I said, great, I live 40 <laughs> minutes away. I'll pop, into a st- <laughs> I'll pop into a store, I'll grab some fish food, and then head on home and fill a bowl and stick the fish inside of it. He says, yep. And so I looked to Iris. I said, Iris, our entire day has changed slightly. We're going to, instead of go home, we're going to have to go to the fish store. And she says, great, we have to rescue this fish. And I say, yes, Oh, we now she's invested. She, well, we're yeah. looking at we're looking at a we're looking at a memory that is either forgotten or childhood trauma. One of the two, depending on whether this fish survives. Slab, you make an excellently bad point. Um, they don't have terrible memories, as as Danae found out. Yes. Okay. Random fact: goldfish can actually remember up to three months at a time. They can learn tricks, and they can learn to feed themselves via a lever. If you decide to invest in a lever, they can push the lever and get food. And once the food runs out, they learn to stop pushing the lever because they actually have a memory. These are things I did not know until this whole thing happened. Because I think the logic was you put it in a small tank and it doesn't care because it's forgotten. By the time it does a lap of the tank, everything's new again. Nope, that's bullshit. They don't have memento memory. They have they have long memories. I had three. No, I had two fish as a child. One was called Q. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was kind of this like this is really funny. It's, Why are you? <laughs> it's kind of like just the, I'm gonna I'm gonna name Q the most basic animal that you can get. Turned out way smarter than I thought, so it kind of fits in. Goldfish also produce apparently a lot more waste than others because they eat a lot, they poop a lot more, so they have to have a lot of water changes. So maybe it's possible to keep a goldfish in a 10-gallon tank for a time and then move it up as it grows, perhaps. I just didn't ask that question when I got to the pet store. So I walk in, I tell the lady, I was like, this is a goldfish that I need to have food for. And she said, it sure is. And I said, I also need to have a bowl for it, you know, like, and she says, well, it needs, to, it needs a tank and um, it needs 20 gallons of water. And I said, ha, 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 that's stupid. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that's exactly what I said to you when you called me. I said, that's bullshit. You don't need that much. I know. That's nonsense. But you did not believe me. I didn't. You did not believe I me. I did not believe you. I said, they are having you on. They are mm-hmm. absolutely lying. And that is why I have a five gallon bucket delivered by Amazon. I'm just happy you don't have a cat. Because the cat would take care of that fish problem very quickly. Maybe I should get a cat. Sarah has asked if we can, or if the chat can stall the show so that she can get here in time. Don't worry, we are perfectly capable of doing that ourselves. We do not need any external forces attempting to stall us forever. Do you want to know why that TARDIS is on its side? So that we, we've talked about some Doctor Who. Um, why is a TARDIS on its side? No good reason. Because it's tired. Because it's tired know. of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was arrow levels of bad punny. <laughs> it was bad. My was goodness. Bad. <laughs> See, and did you ever get your new ships? I did. I have. He got a lot. Ten ships waiting downstairs. I have one more on the way, and then we'll do some unboxing, and we can have a look at all of the lovely ships. Um, my lovely parents, because while I was in America, I had it delivered to their house, and then they brought them to my house, have checked them for damages. Other than that, I have not opened. So we'll be opening them together. So they've just checked that 
I don't open a starship that's got a busted nacelle on stream and then you guys will see me cry, which I, I mean, don't think you want. You probably want that. I, you probably want that. I think, yeah, probably, yeah, people probably want to see you cry. Why are you Excuse screaming? Me. What was, was that just, for? I was just clearing my throat. It's a, a new way that I'm clearing my throat. Do you want me to try it again? Yeah. Actually, that really hurt. I probably should. Yeah, don't, don't, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. No, see, now I've lost my epiglottis. You're who the what now? <laughs> That's not a word. <laughs> yes, it is. The epiglottis is a small movable lid just above the larynx that prevents food and drink from entering the windpipe. The, wow. <laughs> That's, you know things. 